Welcome to the Labor Radio Podcast Network's live 2020 election coverage, focusing on what organized labor is doing throughout the United States to ensure all votes are counted and labor's voice is heard. Reporting will be based on contributions from our national network of members. Views expressed do not represent official positions of the network. The Labor Radio Podcast Network has over 70 labor-focused shows in four countries and serves as a one-stop shop for audiences looking for labor content and as a resource for labor broadcasters, podcasters, and content producers. You can follow the conversation with the hashtag LaborRadioPod, where we are broadcasting working people's voices 24 hours a day. People are just starting to arrive here at Dallas City Hall, which is famous for being upside down. <laughs> it is upside down. Dallas City Hall was built, uh, was designed by I.M. Pei in a drunken rage at Dallas, and he built the, build the city hall upside down. The people are starting to arrive on foot, but there's supposed to be a car caravan coming any minute, and I'll be waiting for that. Gene, tell us, uh, Gene, go ahead and tell us, uh, first of all, introduce yourself and then tell us uh, what is this car caravan that we're going to see. So, uh, hey, this is Gene Lance. I'm at Dallas City Hall for Workers Beat Extra and streaming all over the world. All right, uh, there today, a demand for people to get out and vote, sponsored by LULAC, the League of United Latin American Citizens. They are particularly angry at President Trump and Governor Abbott of Texas because they have done so much to suppress the vote, which has gone so poorly against Latinos. Latinos have also suffered the most, if you have the statistics, on um, the, the COVID virus. So the LULAC called a demonstration for today to get out the vote and to let everybody know that they are not happy with government leadership in the state of Texas. So I'm standing at City Hall, that's City Hall right behind me, and uh, waiting for the car caravan to come in. And you can break me in when the car caravan starts if you want to. That sounds good. All right, we're, uh, we're actually just working on getting this onto the live stream. Uh, Evan, why don't you go ahead and make me host again. I'll get us into the, live, into the uh, Facebook live stream. All right. Yeah, so everybody, when, when, we, when, when it gets thrown to you, um, we will probably uh, have a tile up under you, but go ahead and say, you know, uh, this is, like Evan just said, you know, this is Harold Phillips reporting for, and then use your show, you know, reporting for your show for the Labor Radio Podcast Network. So I'm Chris Garlock, you know, for Union City Radio for the Labor Radio Podcast Network, if that makes sense. All right, am I host now? Yes. Good, all right, let me... Uh, Live on Facebook, share to a page I manage. Let's make sure we get it to the right place. And Evan, I assume we can only share to one page at a time. Is that correct? That's correct. However, we can share it on our own personal pages. We can go to the Labor Radio Pod uh, Facebook page and then take that and post it on Empathy Media Lab for myself. And if you have a Facebook page, you can amplify it. 
Evan, I'm not exactly sure what you meant by that. Are you saying we can take the live stream and share it to our personal Facebook pages? Correct. Okay, thank you. And um, Harold, I think you can go ahead and promote this. It's fine to get some, some folks on there. I'd be interested to see what we get. We should be going live on Facebook momentarily. Right, I'm just waiting for the live stream to start so I can send a link out. Okay, I think we might be live now, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody, somebody else should check it, but I think, I think we might be, yeah, we are now live. Cool, all right, so welcome. <laughs> this is very cool, and uh, we've got a great team here. And I think what we'll do, uh, I'm Chris Garlock, I'm with Union City Radio here in Washington, D.C. Uh, I'll be sort of uh, the main anchor uh, here in Washington. And uh, Evan, uh, we'll, we'll just sort of go around the horn so we can do a test for everybody on, on their sound. So uh, Evan, why don't you go next? All right. Uh, get you off end and... So hi, my name is Evan Papp, and I'm with Empathy Media Lab that focuses on political economy, labor, arts, and culture. And we are going to be broadcasting about election 2020 with a labor perspective. So, uh, And Evan, your sound sounds low to me. I don't know if it sounds low to anybody else, but it, it, it uh, sounds a bit low. Uh, you want, and uh, we'll come back to you in a second. Harold, you want to go next? Sure thing. I am Harold Phillips. I am the co-host of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. And I am in Vancouver, Washington, which is right across the river to the north from Portland, Oregon. All right. And your sound levels are fabulous. So that's great. Thank you. Uh, Brother Jeremy. Hi, everybody. I'm Jeremy Wall coming from the Break Time Breakdown podcast out of Louisville, Kentucky. And I'll be uh, sharing what's happening here in the uh, ruby red state of Louisville, or well, ruby red state of Kentucky, rather. All right. And your sound levels sound great to me uh, as well. And I think that just leaves Gene. I, I see, there, there he is. Gene, are you there? In Texas? Do we have Texas? There's Texas. All this right. This is Gene Lance. I'm broadcasting for Workers Beat Extra from downtown Dallas, Texas where the Dallas City Hall is waiting for a car caravan, a protest from the League of United Latin American Citizens. All right, and we can see Gene is uh, safely masked up and maintaining his social distancing. All right, Gene, thank you, good to see. All right, that looks good. Now, uh, Evan, for, uh, for the team and also for, and I have no way to tell who may be watching, so I'm not gonna worry about it, but, um, can you share some of the content that we have, uh, the pre-recorded content uh, that we have available and the other uh, sort of resources that we have available to share with our viewers? And you can go ahead and do a share screen if you want. Okay, uh, just one moment, actually. Oh, I'm gonna make you co-host again. I can... Or shall I make you host? Would it be better for you to be host? Yeah, probably better for, for me to be host. I am making you host. All right. No. And okay. So going into 
That does not seem to change the live on Facebook, so that's good. All right. And which thing would, uh, which piece of content? Uh, uh, well, let's, let's uh, actually, let's try sharing. Show folks how you would share a piece of video. Um, you had that, uh, oh, do you want to share one of, uh, share one of those Texas videos, those short Texas videos. All right. Um, and actually, do you want to have Gene set it up or do you want to set it up? Um, there, I'm not sure if Gene's going to know exactly which one because there's, there's a handful of them. Um, so why don't you set it up? Yeah, so, uh, well, Gene has a pretty good... Oh, I forgot Alan. I'm sorry. Hold on a sec. I, I forgot. I don't, uh, where did, do I, I don't see Alan as part of my problem. For some reason, he's not. Oh, there it is. I'm sorry. Alan. So let's uh, introduce you and do a sound check as well before we go back to Evan. Hi, everyone. This is Alan Weirdak from the Labor History Today podcast. Um, we will be coming to you from Lafayette Park in Washington, D.C. Um, yeah, yeah, looks good. Looks good. Sounds good. Okay, great. Excellent. And uh, there, you're going to have plenty to do in Lafayette Park from everything that I hear. So <laughs> I just saw some photos shared by uh, one of our one of our brothers, Paul Pimentel, from down in D.C. Uh, they, they got all kind of barricades and and whatnot all over the place. Oh, they are prepared. Believe me, we were actually we're, we're helping coordinate a rally. Uh, two, well, there's two parts. One's going to be right in front of the AFL-CIO, which is, as you know, a block from there. And then the other one is over at McPherson Square. So, um, Alan, you may, be, you may have to bop back and forth. Luckily, it's only a, a yeah. block. Yeah, and uh, apparently ben, ben is going to be with me. So when I called him on Friday to ask him how I wanted to be represented, um, he immediately took it upon himself to get as involved as possible. So, um, <laughs> that's, a, that's our man, Ben. All right. <laughs> All right, Evan. I think we've uh, we've. Uh, thank you, thank you, Alan. Thank you, everybody. Everybody's sound levels are sounding good, and Evan, I think your sound levels are are back up as well now. So I think we're okay. All right, are we going to share some video here? Yes, we are. Um, and Alan, I this believe is Gene it's, Lance on the work. Go ahead. First beat extra. There's a race in Texas that. People who don't live in Texas are not going to understand. Even people who do live in Texas don't understand it. That has to do with a seat on the Texas Railroad Commission. It has nothing to do with railroads. That's why it gets so confusing. What's so very important about the race for the Texas Railroad Commission is that they regulate the oil industry. And the oil industry pretty much owns this commission and always has. But the Democrats are running a, a rather strong uh, candidate this time who might get carried over the finish line by Joe Biden. Right now, two days before the election, it looks like she can't win. She's down eight points. But at the same time, Biden is up in Texas, and so... We don't really know what will happen. And at the last minute, the Democratic Party candidate, whose name is Krista Castaneda, Krista Castaneda got a $2.6 million donation from Michael Bloomberg of New York, pretty much at the last minute. 
So she's suddenly outraising her opponent. Her opponent is named uh, Mr. Wright, and uh, Mr. <laughs> and Mr. Wright has faced problems before, including his entanglement with a company that he started called DeWitt Recyclable Products. He sold it in 2016, but he is still listed as the owner when the Railroad Commission shut it down in 2017 due to several violations, including unpermitted. So is uh, kind of a tainted candidate, but he's all for the oil industry. And in, in the article in the Dallas Morning News, the oil industry is our industry. And of course, he's got great uh, criticisms for Castaneda. A lot is at stake in the railroad commissioner race. In some ways, it may be more important than any other race that's within the state. So watch to see what happens with Krista Castaneda in the Texas railroad commissioner race. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. All right, thank you, Gene. Great report, that was perfect, very nice. Uh, and also the time was good, I like that, couple of minutes, so good work, Gene, that's fabulous. And Gene has sent us in a bunch of other resources, so thanks for that, Gene. Uh, we also have, um, uh, you can actually, uh, you can, if you can spur this, uh, share this, Spreadsheet, we have, um, I think we've done three uh, pod extras uh, focusing on election coverage, plus the last, I believe, two, I think we have like five shows from the weekly that are essentially all um, uh, labor election coverage, uh, including yesterday. So uh, that's available to us as well. Now, another thing is that Harold um, in fact, why don't we go to Harold and you, you, Harold, you have some local races that you guys are following where you have some local folks that are running. And if you had something like, say, for example, um, uh, a campaign piece by one of your candidates, right? Because most of these folks have YouTube stuff, you could actually share, share that, right? Uh, right, Evan, is that correct? Yes. Oh, Harold, I don't know if you have that, if you want to get that queued up, or if you want to give that to Evan, then Evan can queue it up. Or well, Jeremy, first off, Chris, I want to thank you for the preparation, <laughs> letting me know that I needed to be pulling uh, campaign pieces. I told you we're going to let people see the seams, baby. You know, this is, <laughs> we, are, we are a very transparent show here. Nothing, nothing up the sleeves. Well, you know, um, I do think that it's worth uh, noting that we do have a few viewers on Facebook right now, and oh. we should welcome them to what is our essentially dry run to the Labor Radio Podcast Network's live elections 2020 coverage. Like Chris has just said, you're kind of seeing the seams because this is where we're figuring out exactly how we're going to be bringing you elections news from all of our different areas around the U.S. in the coming days. And uh, this, is, this is essentially a pre-production meeting, but out in the <laughs> open is what we're doing. We're, we're, we're making the sausage with, a, with an audience. Is, is That's right. So, no artificial filler here. No artificial filler here. And just a reminder, folks, that the Labor Radio Podcast Network 
Um, and uh, Evan, I don't know if there's a way for us to put up um, the, the link for, um, or somebody can put into the Facebook chat uh, the link for the network. Um, but we are, Harold, where are we at? 74, 75, something like that. We're over 70. We are over 70. I believe it's 73 member shows at this point. Four continents, uh, last I checked, right? Mm, yeah, three continents, I three think. Continents. Four countries. Four countries. Four countries, yes. Three continents, four countries. But who's counting? Anyway, a lot of shows, a lot of places, uh, and even some uh, overseas. Um, and folks, the whole point here is that the coverage that you're going to see here is, is labor-focused. We are, we are looking, our frame is from a labor point of view. So with that in mind, um, if you're ready to give us an overview on what's happening up in the, uh, your, your northwest corner of the country, Harold, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about, about that? Yeah, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I am in Vancouver, Washington. That's the Washington in the Pacific Northwest, not the Washington that Chris and Evan are in. And um, <clears throat> voting is strong here in Washington state. I was just looking at some elections returns from the Washington Secretary of State's office. We are at 67.6% .6 of all ballots that were wow. sent out to voters in Washington state, having been returned to their county elections office. Now, Washington state has been voting by mail for decades, so this is not a new thing for us. But even in a 100% vote by mail state, ballot returns have never been this strong this early before election day. So there is a lot of energy here in the Pacific Northwest. There are a lot of people who are getting their ballots in, and we are looking for that number to continue. Now, talk a little bit, if you would, about uh, what labor is doing um, up there in that area, because labor is obviously involved in Get Out the Vote. Uh, but I also know from your show, and in fact, you just had a show released, I think, this morning, um, which is all labor-related. You've got folks that are running for office, just like in other parts of the country, right? We absolutely do. Here in Southwest Washington, where I am based, we have a congressional race between Carolyn Long and the incumbent Jamie Herrera Butler, who has been in office for around a decade. Uh, Jamie is kind of famous for not talking to constituents. Her idea of a town hall is a conference call where she has two or three or maybe up to eight pre-screened questions that she answers and then blip, it's gone. Whereas Carolyn has had, I believe, over 60 town halls as a part of her run, not just this cycle, but also the cycle two years ago. This is a rematch between the two of them. And there is a lot of money streaming into the third district here in Washington because the Republicans absolutely do not want to lose Jamie Herrera Butler from the House. She is a very reliable vote for them. So um, we're seeing a lot of TV ads on both sides. And I do have a Carolyn Long YouTube ad. Uh, how would I go about sharing that, Evan? You have the ability to share it from uh, your your screen, and it should should work right from that. So just just doing the share screen option. 
Yes. Okay. So if I uh, if I pull that up and make it full screen, then and remember to click the uh, the share sound little thing doohickey when you do the share, so we can. Uh, once again, this is uh, this is how we do it, folks. The seams are showing. So this yes. is one of Carolyn Long's YouTube ads which I've made full screen and now can't get to play because the... <laughs> there we go. False ads attacking Carolyn Long. Lies, distortion, deceit. When I see Jamie Herrera Butler attacking me, I get it. That's what a career politician does when she can't run on her own record. The truth is I've been teaching at WSU Vancouver for 23 years. I'm running for Congress to make healthcare work, not to take away your coverage, and to cut taxes for middle-class families not billionaires and corporations. I'm Carolyn Long, and I approve this message because I'll never forget who sent me to Congress, you. Very nice. Well, first of all, well done, Harold, especially doing it on the fly, so kudos to you. <laughs> um, she looks very appealing, and you're saying this is a rematch, right? Yeah, she lost by a handful of votes, uh, I believe. We just did an interview with her this week on Working to Live in Southwest Washington. That new episode is up now. Mm -hmm. And I believe she said that she lost by between three and four points. So it was a very close race. Jamie Herrera Butler had not lost by less, or had not won, rather, by less than, I believe, 14 points prior oh, wow. to that. So she's wow. got a lot of energy, and she's got a lot of people behind her this time, too. Now, let me ask you, I uh, see that she's a teacher. Does that, does that mean she's uh, an AFT member or possibly a, um, a UUP member? You know, um, she's a political science teacher at Washington State University in Vancouver. And I don't know whether she's represented in that position or not. But one of the things that you'll hear when you listen to the podcast that just dropped last night she has a long history of union membership. One of huh. her first jobs was as a grocery clerk where she oh. became a UFCW journeyman. And she has a strong, strong history with working with organized labor. Excellent, excellent. We're gonna hear more about that uh, as well. Um, all right, thank you, Harold. Uh, people need to know also, uh, Harold is our social media guru, so. Um, all of that wonderful stuff working together with Evan on this. Um, you should check out the Instagram, uh, our Instagram account. All that's, uh, that's Harold's work, among other things. So, um, all right, Jeremy, are you ready to rock and roll uh, over there in, uh, in Kentucky? Yeah, sure. What do you want to know? Let me, let me hit you with some numbers or something, right? Yeah. <clears throat> What's what's happening in there? You said ruby red, but it's it's not quite as ruby red as it used to be, right? So yeah, we've got um we've got some blue uh, starting to make its way in here. All right. Um, I don't know that it'll be enough to really affect anything, but the um the idea was you, when you're going up against uh, and I I hate to give the guy credit because I really do not like the man, but Mitch McConnell, you can't you can't take away the fact that he knows what he's doing. He knows how to play the game. He's a, he's a pure politician. He gets it. Uh, so you're, you know, you when you're going up against the arguably the Michael Jordan of politics, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough ask, right? 
but Amy McGrath has been doing a, a phenomenal job of keeping Mitch focused here so that he can't help across the country. And he's got, so he's got to keep all his resources right here in Kentucky. He's got to stay on it because if she's not allowing him any room to breathe and, and she's been, um, she's been going at him real hard and real effective. Um, I, I don't know that it'll be enough to, uh, to dethrone him, mm. but it's going to be enough to dethrone other uh, battleground seats that ordinarily he might've been able to dump some of his money into and, and helped, uh, you know, campaign for. So uh, in that sense, she's been extremely effective. Um, we, we, we do have a huge voter turnout this year, just like everybody is seeing like a massive wave of, of early votes and mail-in votes. Um, I just read an article that they're, they're expecting somewhere close to 2 million votes to have been cast by election day, uh, which is, which is an enormous amount. Um, How many votes you got there in, in Kentucky? Total. I, 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 unfortunately, I mean, I'm two millions a lot is my million. point, right? It's a huge turnout. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a record breaker for sure. Okay. For our state, okay. just like the country is going to see record turnout. Um, one of the biggest uh, things that I'm following in my state is the, it started in the, the primary election and it carried over into the general election where our, we have a newly elected governor who's a Democrat. We have a newly elected secretary of state who's a Republican. And they've been working hand in hand since the primaries all the way up to the general election, kind of bucking the trend of, you know, partisan politics. They've, they threw all that out the window, came together, they put a plan together for the primary election, and then they in, expanded on that for the general election. And they incorporated early voting. They, they did two weeks of early in-person voting. They added, or uh, might've been more than two weeks. I mean, four weeks and they added Saturdays. So there were, uh, it was like a four hour block every Saturday leading up to the event, like throughout the month of October, which allowed people who ordinarily couldn't get off work during the week to go vote. It allowed them the opportunity to, to get out on a Saturday and cast their vote. And the secretary of state now is saying that he would, he would like to see this be a permanent part of elections in Kentucky. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I'm pretty excited about, uh, I have said from time to time, I like to uh, let people know that for me, it's not about right or left or Democrat, Republican, independent, whatever it's, it's party. Uh, whoever's, whoever's for the working class, whoever's for our party our the working people and what, regardless of what team you're on. And this is a, this is a true representation of that where I fully can get behind what the secretary of state's doing because I, I think it's right. And I, and I think it helps the working class because we're the ones that are affected by this. We're the ones that are affected by uh, limited polling places, limited opportunities to vote uh, and, and all that stuff. So by them expanding this, I, I think is a really good positive thing. And I'm, um, I'm pretty psyched to see what's going on. That's, that's really encouraging, Jeremy. And, and to your point, it begins to point the the way towards post-election. Maybe yeah. not to be you know Pollyannish, but you know we we're going to have to come together at some mm -hmm. point. Uh, before we we jump, uh, though, you, I forgot to ask you to uh, introduce you know, your your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, broke, this is why we're 
Yeah, I do it backwards. Uh, so I'm, I'm Jeremy Waugh from uh, the Break Time Breakdown podcast. We're out of uh, Louisville, Kentucky, based in Louisville, Kentucky. And that's put out by the uh, SMART, are, which stands for? Affiliated with the Sheet Metal Air Rail and Transportation Workers Local 110. All right. Very smart. <laughs> Thank yes. you, Jeremy. Uh, Gene, you should, you should just let us know uh, when you're ready to do a report um, that just uh, – I'm assuming, oh, yeah, people can't see that. Yeah, Gene, just let us know uh, when you're ready to give a report. We have Gene Lance uh, is, uh, actually, before we go to Gene Bruskin, we got two Genes. Oh, my gosh, a lot of Genes going on. Gene, Gene Bruskin will come to you in just a second. Uh, Gene Lance, let's go live to Dallas, Texas. Uh, Gene Lance, why don't you let us know what's going on there? I'm standing in front of the... Dallas City Hall, which is that building that's behind me that looks like it's upside down. It and I'm waiting for a car caravan from LULAC, the League of United Latin American Citizens. I think the car caravan is on its way because I just saw a police motorcycle man. And when they get here, they're going to have a rally in favor of voting for Spanish-speaking people and against President Trump and Governor Abbott who have been trying to suppress the vote, trying so hard to suppress the vote, and utterly failed because Texas announced on Thursday, the day before they had finished uh, early voting, that they had already exceeded the total vote for 2016. So things are going pretty well in Texas, and looks like it's going to only get better. I'm waiting now for the car caravan, and I'll interrupt when it does. All right, that's Gene Lance with the Labor Beat Program. Uh, Evan, I believe hey, we have a short Chris, video. Can I ask a question? Of course you can. Please, go ahead. Hey, Gene, I noticed that you're wearing a helmet. Uh, did you bike there, or are you expecting to need a little uh, little armor? Uh, Gene, you're, you're, you're on mute. Unmute yourself, Gene, or somebody unmute, Gene. There we go. I owed my bicycle down here. I was trying to show you my bicycle it's right over there here we go yeah and it looks like you've got a guard too so that's uh it's good to have somebody guarding your bike there's <laughs> a big crowd of people on foot uh down the street from me and uh i don't know if that means they've walked over here from the from the cathedral that's about uh three miles i oh, thought wow. it was a caravan but i'm still waiting to see if the car caravan ever turns that corner all right, Gene. Well, you look like you're, you're uh, well protected there. Thanks, Harold. All right. Uh, before we go to Gene Bruskin, uh, Evan, I believe we have a short video from the folks at uh, UConn. Is that right? Yes, it's a short video about Trump's four-year war on labor released by our brothers at UConn in New York City. And I'm going to play it for you. Thank you. In 2016, we took a chance on Donald Trump. Over the last four years, all Trump has done is make things worse. It will climb up towards 20% uh, by next month. The latest report shows unemployment has already climbed to nearly 15%, and more than 20 million Americans lost their jobs last month. He made it more dangerous to go to work by cutting OSHA inspections and getting rid of important safety regulations. He tried to eliminate federal pensions three times. He put a PACO strike breaker on the National Labor Relations Board. And then 
Use the board to ban unions from bargaining COVID safety measures. It's also more deadly than your, you know, your even your strenuous flus. He attacked union leaders. Because the heads of the union are not honest people. They're not honest. They're not honest, and they ought to lower your dues. He attacked members and veterans who work at the VA, calling them sadistic thieves. We had a lot of bad people in the VA. People that were sadistic, people that stole. And failed to protect students and teachers returning to school. Plus, he announced his support for right to work and appointed the deciding vote on the Supreme Court that made public sector workplaces open shop. Well, I think right to work is a good thing. If this is what he did in his first four years, imagine what he could do with four more. UConn Pack is responsible for the contents of this ad. All right, that's UConn out of uh, Long Island, actually, which is for the greater New York area. All right. Uh, here comes our demonstration. The lead uh, group is from the uh, Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. So this is a Day of the Dead procession. The car caravan is lined up behind them. It explains why it took them 30 minutes to get over here, because they were following these dancers. They have gone about, I would say, two miles at least, and they're still going as they arrive at the Dallas City Hall, Dia de los Muertos, the day to remember our fallen uh, friends and, and family, and a day for us to get out the vote, especially in the Spanish-speaking community. Organized by the League of United Latin American Citizens in Dallas, Texas. A lot of Native American costumery along with uh, the regular Dia de los Muertos things. And these people have walked a couple of miles at least. The car caravan is behind them as they arrive at the Dallas City Hall along with a lot of television newspaper, television and newspaper reporters. It's very colorful. Looks like they have about 150 walking. I don't know how many cars are behind them. There comes the first of the cars. Traditional costumes for the Dia de los Muertos. They're arriving at the Dallas City Hall for a rally. The Dallas City Hall is upside down. There's no other way to explain it. It has a base of about maybe 70 feet, and at the top, it's about 150 feet. So there we are. The rest of the walkers are arriving. The cars are starting to go around. They'll find the, they'll find the parking lot in the back of the city hall. I'm looking to see if there's any important decorations. I, all I saw was vote, vote, vote. Well, look at that car. Wow. 
that's going a long way. Vote 2020, out of office, it says. The League of United Latin American Citizens was formed, I believe, in 1920 in response to a period in which the Texas Rangers drove the rancheros out of the valley to make all that agricultural land safe for big corporations. After that happened, Latinos in Texas began to, to organize and unite, and this is, uh, this is what they're doing now. They've had a number of demonstrations down here at City Hall, and they're continuing their tradition. And of course, the, the emphasis of this will be vote. And the Dallas, or rather the Texas voting polls have already shown that they've already exceeded the vote from 2016. Uh, they've, uh, 10 million Texans have voted. And election day is of course still coming. Now, Gene, uh, who is live from, uh, from Dallas, Texas, uh, for folks who are not from Texas may not realize, I mean, LULAC is, is a very powerful political presence in the state, right? Yes, it is. It was formed here, but it's, uh, it's all over the Southwest now. The president lives here. In fact, he lives near me, the national president. I, I haven't seen him yet. If I do, I'll approach him and see if he's got any words for us. That would be great. That would be great. All right, we're, uh, you're going to go over there, and hopefully we'll get some uh, some live audio from that rally once they get going in a couple of minutes. Again, that's Gene Lance with Larrabee. He's uh, live. This is live uh, at the very interesting <laughs> city hall uh, in, in Dallas, Texas. I.M. Pay must have been having an off day uh, when he put that together. Maybe they just got the plans reversed or something. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to go uh, to another Gene, and that's Gene Bruskin, uh, longtime labor organizer. He's involved with a, a brand new organization called LAD, L-A-D-D. So Gene, why don't you tell us, uh, first of all, what does LAD stand for uh, and, and what's LAD up to? So this is a network called Labor Action to Defend Democracy. And uh, it was uh, initiated just three weeks ago uh, when it just became uh, incredibly clear that we were going to have to be able to have people out in the street, a lot of coalitions were forming, and that unions were not necessarily a part of them. Our members might join, but we weren't formally at the table in a lot of places. So uh, it was sort of a group of different activists. We had a national president of UE, but uh, you know, sort of a variety of people who with long histories in the labor movement, like myself, we reached out to a lot of folks. We had a series of calls. By this Thursday, just a couple of days ago, we had 100 labor organizations from around the country on. Uh, we have been compiling resolutions that have been made uh, all over the country. We're compiling the articles. We have a series of graphics. We have a Facebook page. Uh, and in our network, which is not something that unions have to endorse. We've mostly been creating conversations and, and shared uh, mobilization strategies. But in our network are some national unions, some state federations, central labor councils, a bunch of locals, uh, some uh, groups like Apollo, which is Asian Pacific workers, and uh, um, LACLA, the uh, Latin American workers network. 
So uh, we are sort of using this network to sort of help promote local activity on the ground that is linked to protective results and other mobilization groups. And um, although the AFL-CIO on the national level has talked about mobilization and it's our feeling uh, that whether that happens or not, the best thing we can do to be sort of mobilized folks at the grassroots. So it's been uh, very encouraging to see the response and we're continuing to send out materials and we have a call on Thursday night for the next beat of uh, activity. So we, <clears throat> up until about a week ago, we have not done anything publicly. We've done it all through word of mouth uh, and people calling people that they know uh, but as the agitation has grown and calls for strikes from places like the Rochester Central Labor Council come out, our network keeps growing. So if there's an opportunity to, you know, give a, a short report on this uh, through your networks, we would encourage people to sort of plug in, uh, which is, you know, easy to do and to be on the Thursday night call. Excellent. Uh, thank you, Gene. Uh, if any of the other uh, hosts here have any questions for Gene, feel free to uh, jump in. I also want to introduce another one of our network uh, members, and that's David Story. David, do you want to um, uh, introduce yourself and your show and, and let us know what's happening uh, where you are? Hey, good afternoon. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Okay. Sorry, I got kind of came in late. That's running right. some errands. Uh, yeah, my name is David Story with the Valley Labor Report. Uh, it is a radio show uh, here in uh, North Alabama that uh, we we just talk about uh, labor issues in the state, and we try to try to keep it fairly local, but we do branch out and do some some national issues as well. Uh, and we're we're we basically uh, we're a nonprofit that's uh, broadcasting on an ultra conservative uh, talk radio show that hosts Rush Limbaugh, uh, Ted I think his name is Levian, Mark Levian. So I don't know a whole lot of these conservative uh, talk show hosts. I apologize, but we we picked that specifically so we could uh, kind of go out and reach out to those blue collar workers out there that are uh, hearing anti-labor, anti-union uh, rhetoric day in and day out and try to challenge some of those uh, ideologies and provide them with a, uh, a different opportunity, I would say, uh, in their workplace to, uh, you know, mainly, uh, mainly centering around, you know, worker solidarity and organizing uh myself and jacob morrison a uh, a brother that's uh american federation of government employee uh member is is doing this so uh yeah a quick question for you i mean alabama you know like uh, you know jeremy and and, and kentucky is, is usually considered you know a, a very red state but that that seems to be you know changing. I mean, one would not have thought that there'd be much of a of, a, of an audience on a on a talk show, you know, right wing talk show station for you know for labor for something a bit different. So, is is it your sense that that is changing uh, in, in recent years? What's what's your feeling? Well, I don't know. 
so much that the state is changing. Uh, what you're saying is tra in, traditionally is untrue. Uh, I, most people don't, it, we've got short memories, but most people don't recognize that uh, up until the early 2000s for over a hundred years, Alabama was a solid blue state. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a, a uh, House of Representatives uh, leader that really brought the Republicans together and made a charge and ha took over that state in the early 2000s. And it has been a nightmare trying to uh, rein it back in. Uh, as far as the audience, you know, you know the, the audience is the audience. Uh, I would prefer to have a, a more Republican audience because that's really the people that we want to reach. Uh, we've already got, you know, most of the Democrats uh, are on board. Uh, they, they support labor and they know how it benefits uh, the working class. Uh, so we really are not trying to preach to the choir. We're trying to preach to the ones outside. Uh, a lot of, you know, I would over, I'm the president of the machinist union here at one of the plants. And I would say I probably got 60 to 70% uh, Republican membership. And we, of course we're in the right to work state. So no one actually has to pay dues. We're not on a federal enclave as a private industry. Uh, but we, uh, we average, uh, for for as long as I can remember, we averaged ninety three to ninety five percent membership in our in our uh, local. So, you know, uh, even the Republicans recognize that that the only way you're going to make substantial gains in uh, in the industry is through solidarity and through through union organizing. So, all right, that's David Story. He's with the the Valley Labor Report out of Alabama. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Chris, could I jump in just a minute? I was just I coming to you, the, Brother Lance. I want to show the folkloric old dancers at the Dia de los Muertos at Dallas City Hall. Let's uh, let's get them a little bit closer. We got a, we got a big red shirt in our way there. See, one of the skeletons has a hat that says, not my fault. That was it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Gene Lance. All right, over to our other Gene, that's Gene Buskin, again with uh, the labor activists defending democracy. Uh, Gene, a quick update. I don't, I just gave my update. I want to know what, you know, if people have questions or if there's some way you want me to plug into this and people are interested in, a, a you know, making this a part of your reports this week. I don't know how this, I don't know how you yeah, guys. Yeah. So I'll, 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 other folks can chime in too. One thing is, uh, and you can work through me on this, Gene, um, there's a lot of folks in that, in that group uh, and I'd like to be able to line up other folks uh, who, who would like to, uh, you know, we can plug in as guests. Uh, we'll be on the air for like three or four hours tomorrow. Um, Evan, I think it's what, five, is it uh, 
eight, eight to 11 tomorrow, right? Eastern time zone, yes. Yeah, eight to 11 Eastern time. So, you know, for example, I, you know, I've talked to uh, Dan up in Rochester. I'd love to get Dan on the show tomorrow night to talk about uh, their resolution, which was really uh, key. Uh, any other folks who you think would be good to have on the show? Uh, it'd be good to, you know, represent, uh, frankly, because I think there's folks from all over the country, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eight so to 11 at night? Uh, Eastern daylight, yeah. So 8 to 11 our time. So that's what uh, 5 to 8 West Coast and everything else in between. So, yeah. So if you can help to uh, connect, you know, connect me to folks, then we'll we'll line them up. It's going to be... It's going to be like this. I mean, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have some windows. We'll say, okay, well, Dan, we'll have you in around like 8.15 or so. But, you know, you know how it goes. It's a live show. Um, so as long as we can sort of plug them in. And it'll be short. I think it'll be short check-ins, um, you know, probably three to five minutes uh, to talk about what's going on. So that would be helpful. Um, anybody else have questions uh, for, for Gene? I would also like to mention, Chris, that uh, Gene, if you offer someone a spot to call in and they're not available tomorrow, we're planning on broadcasting 5 p.m. till maybe 11 or tw midnight on Tuesday. And then also if the votes are not finished counting, which we presume they're not going to be and that the election will still be yet to be determined, we'll be on Wednesday as well. So, okay. So, Chris, am I... Uh, uh, is, am I saying to people uh, that they would, uh, I'm asking them to be a part of a podcast network uh, of uh, radio stations from, uh, I don't know, this is the group or there's a larger group or I just want to know how to accurately describe what I'm asking them. So this is a live stream by the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that network has 73 members of shows across the country. Right. And so some of them, depending where they are, like Dan in Rochester knows me because he's been on my show. So he's been on a couple right. of my shows actually. So. And, they've, and they've been in LAD. They've been active uh, in LAD. That's and right. we actually uh, helped to really broadcast uh, that strike resolution, which immediately other people started taking up. So it was a, uh, uh, it got them all excited that right. people are listening. Okay, and so I will, uh, I will try to get you a few uh, labor leader people. Great, great. Thank you, Gene. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, everybody. Nice to meet you all. Great work. Great hey, work. Gene, Gene, just a heads up. Like we, we had talked about this the other day. Uh, it's Jeremy talking. Okay. Um, we, if, if you can't get a, a time locked in with somebody, but, but you can get time with them outside of when we're going to be streaming – you can do your own uh, video interview and then just submit that to uh, Evan and he can run it during the, the live broadcast. Okay. So, you, so you don't need to, you're not confined to like a, a window of time. You can, whenever you can make them happen, make them happen. Uh, if you can't get them during the live stream. Okay. Great. Uh, uh, it's not my strength doing that kind of a thing, but I, I can, uh, I can work at it. I'll work through Chris. You yep. guys can reach me through Chris. Right. Thanks, Gene. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. Take care. All right. So I think we're just about to wrap up this dry run. Let me just do one more uh, round of everybody to check in. Uh, and, and we can just, you know, we're just talking among ourselves here. I'd love to get some 
uh, comments, uh, feedback. Um, so Jeremy, since I see you there, why don't I start with you? Uh, comments, thoughts, uh, things that we can look at for tomorrow? Uh, I mean, I, I've been following on my phone, just seeing how it's, how the streams have been going and stuff and checking in with my, my headphones and, and making sure volumes are good and everything. Everything seems to be running pretty smooth. Evan's doing a pretty good job in the background there. Um, I don't, just, just have some prepared stuff. You know, I've, I've got, uh, I've got a, an interview lined up for tomorrow morning that I'll try and get a couple of uh, bits edited down so yes. I can send Evan like, you know, three or four short little uh, interviews mm -hmm. from the uh, Kentucky building trades, political director, uh, just talking about things going on here in, in Kentucky that I might not even be aware of that, that cool. are happening. Cool. Um, I talked to Paul Pimentel from talking smart. He's totally in to contribute. So I'll reach out to him tomorrow to see if I can uh, maybe get him on tomorrow night just yep. to, to fill in or whatever. And I'll, and I'll direct him to this. I imagine this will be available on the, on the Facebook page so he can kind of yep. watch and, and get some ideas on what, what we're doing and what we're looking for. Uh, other than that, I mean, and I think that's great, Jeremy, because that's realized because then that way you can have them on and you can set it up and you can introduce them and you know, yeah. that's, your, that's your zone. And that, you know, it just works really well in terms of making that work. He's comfortable with you. Uh, so I think that's a great thing to do. So, and there may be, are there other smart locals, um, you know, in other parts of the country that you know of? Because again, there's that sort of it, it just really you know works well. They know you, or they, even if they don't yeah. know you directly, they know of you. Well, I, I'll be doing a I'll be doing a, a virtual phone bank before we go live tomorrow night. So okay. I'll be phone banking from like six to eight, mm -hmm. and I'll be talking to some other of my my brothers and sisters from across the country. So I'll, I I know the guy who who moderates the virtual phone bank is from Michigan. So, oh, really? I'd love, yeah, to get, so, I'd love to get somebody from Michigan on the show. Yeah. So I, I, I've got him. I've got contacts in Pennsylvania. Uh, that would be any 100%. battleground state. Yeah. Any, yeah. So I've already done that. I spent the morning, Evan and I met earlier, and I put a whole bunch of invites out. And so I would recommend, and this is to everybody put the feelers out, put the feelers I, out, line them up. I know. usually trick my people, I put them on the spot. Like I'll call them or get them get them online and be like, Hey, before we continue, I'm recording <laughs> and that I, I do it all the time. So right. um, my guys are kind of <laughs> used to, uh, if they get a random call from me, they're, they're kind of suspect. All right. <laughs> all right. But I think it's a good thing to do because the thing is, is that, you know, you are likely to know people, frankly, that I yeah. don't and vice versa. So mm -hmm. all of us, everybody, you know, here knows people and, you know, and this is what we want is we want ordinary folks who are not, you know, these are voices that are not going to be on CNN, yep. but for our movement, for our movement, these are important voices, you know, to be on because, you know, yes. hopefully eventually it will wind up on CNN. So this is part of our long-term strategy is developing, you know, people who are uncomfortable talking with the media. And we've talked about this on network meetings, right? They come on, they're like, oh, this is easy. I have fun. Jeremy's yeah. not going to sandbag me. He, he might record me without me. You know? <laughs> well, we don't, we don't go any further before I, I put I that out. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and uh, so they're, they're fully aware that this is going to be some sort of content for for some reason and and uh yeah, they trust you. They trust yeah. well i get it i get it out there first and then then they forget about it and then when it's over they're like oh, oh man we were, we were recording <laughs> and so 
Yeah. Right, we'll clean it up. We'll clean it. We'll take out that. Yeah, stuff. don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, let's see. Uh, David, uh, your comments or thoughts before we uh, wrap up here? Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of comments. I was just trying to bump <laughs> in to see what was being expected and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of get an idea of, of where you were going with everything. So, okay. I'm right. still lost, but I can normally wing it pretty good. We, that's what we're all about, brother. We're all winging it. And anyway, you got that, you got that radio voice. So we're all good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, Gene Lance, our, our man in, our man in Dallas. We still have Gene. All right, we'll come back to Gene in a second. Alan, Alan, I'll go to you. Thoughts, comments? Um, just, uh, it looks great. Um, we're off to a good start. Um, really looking forward to being down there on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, stream looks good. Um, I think we should just try to get it out to as many people as possible and just see where it goes. Looking forward to it. All right. Sounds good. Looks like we've got Gene back. Gene, we're just doing uh, a wrap up before we go off. Uh, just wanted to, I mean, this is great. Uh, I think the live shot worked really well. Um, and everybody, uh, his comments I'm seeing, it's, it's looking good. Um, uh, Gene, any thoughts or comments? Trying to unmute. There you go. We got you. Can you hear that man speaking? That is the president, the national president of the League of United Latin American Citizens, Domingo Garcia. He has a blue shirt on. You can see him if you look right in the middle of the crowd. He's exhorting everybody to get out and vote. They had a tremendous turnout from a cultural point of view of really astounding outfits and designs. This is a big day for Domingo Garcia and Lulac and for Spanish-speaking people all over the Southwest. All right. Gene, that's great reporting. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Good job. Um, I think that just leaves. Uh, I think that just leaves Evan. Evan, comments, um, other things that we need to from. We need to know. Uh, just tune in tomorrow, and we'll have a lot more content lined up, more speakers, and uh, this was a good dry run. So. This was, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to be even more enthusiastic. I mean, I've done a lot of this kind of stuff and actually I, <laughs> this went way smoother than I thought, especially for our first time. This was really, really good. So kudos to everybody, uh, especially to Evan. This is, this is really good. They, there were a couple of blips with, with sound levels, but um, uh, whatever, 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 whoever did it, good job because the, the sound level sounded good. I was able to see the video on Facebook, which looked good. It looked smooth, um, and we, you know, people were you know getting in, getting out. Uh, just a couple things that um, I would say is, uh, you know, a lot of this will just be going to you, getting your responses. But also, I'd really encourage folks to do, uh, like I encourage Harold to do, you know, have some of your own. Whether you've got a video there or some audio. Um, or, or Evan and I were playing around earlier, we were looking at some Twitter feeds, right? Some Twitter feeds or some Facebook feeds. Um, if you've got material that you think is interesting uh, and would be interesting to a labor audience, all you gotta do is uh, you, can, you can share it or if you give it to Evan, 
a big part of Evan's job is to just make sure that all of this stuff runs smoothly. So if he's got it and, you know, David goes, hey, let's take a look at this uh, machinist uh, Twitter feed, you know, Evan can share that and bring that up. Uh, and then you can talk about it and react to it. Also, I like, I like people playing off of each other. We all kind of know each other at this point. Um, so don't be shy about, you know, say if you think, oh, Jeremy, you, you, you have something to say. And if you don't, then you just say, well, I don't. You know? mm-hmm. I'll always have something to say. And Jeremy will always have something to say. <laughs> this is a great thing about, yeah. you know, about a bunch of, of, of radio folks is that we're, you know, we all do this all the yeah. time. So, you know, we're, we're experienced with it. But my point, and we talked about this earlier, don't worry about being, you know, ragged or informal. I want that. I want that. This this is a labor show. You know? Yeah. You know, raw is good too. Like a little bit rough around the edges because yes. if it's too produced, then, then it starts to seem fake news, right? Exactly. Like it's, it's been scripted or whatever. And so I think yeah. that's what we're doing is, is pretty key to reaching the people that we're trying to reach. I, I totally. Our, our niche is rawness, right? Like that's. That's, that's our deal. Yeah. Our, we want it rough, rough. We should call this show rough around the edge. <laughs> no, I totally yeah. agree with Jeremy though. I don't want this to sound produced. In fact, one of the reasons that uh, Evan and I decided to record that standard stuff at the top was that I didn't want any of us to have to read what is essentially boilerplate stuff because it yeah. winds up sound. And this way it's, it's what is it? 60 seconds, Evan, I think something like that. Yep. We'll have it queued up tomorrow too and be dropping it every hour or so so we don't we don't have to do that and we can just be ourselves so yeah rough around the edges folks rough around the edges <laughs> i for what it's worth uh, as far as the extra like the the candidate uh things you know, from their from their websites and stuff yeah uh, if if you haven't seen it amy ran at least one and there may be a couple she's got cartoons that she runs uh, of you Mitch. Send, that, send that in send yeah. us and anything that you guys have send it to uh to evan because evan is compiling right. a whole list of this stuff and so then you can say oh run one of those cartoons from from amy and he'll have that queued up and ready to go so yeah stuff like that is gold yep. absolutely yep. yeah there was a song that somebody i gotta go find it somebody sent me this song on youtube uh, that, that was a whole Trump parody thing. So to the extent that we can put in things like cartoons and music, yeah, I don't want this just to be a talking head gab fest. Um, yeah. let's, let's mix it up. Um, right. uh, and Alan, you've got some good content, right? You've got some real nice content I think we, we might be able to use. What do I have? I thought you had some stuff on your YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's fire yeah. It up. Um, do you have anything specific that you want me to pull out ahead of time or – if you if you have a piece that you think that, that that in your mind relates to when we're talking tomorrow, then that's all we need. You know, okay. we just need you to set up why you want to run. Oh, the last thing before we go, Evan and I were talking about this, and I just want all of us to be aware. You know, there's going to be a, there's already a lot of rumors flying, so we all need to make sure that we're vetting stuff. Somebody. I was talking to this morning, talked about how, you know, Trump people tried to run Joe Biden off the road in Texas. I was like, really, Joe Biden? And it turned out it was a Biden bus, but it wasn't Joe Biden. So we need to be careful. So if, if we hear something, you know, on the air, Evan's going to be there and he can fact check it. But we want to be very careful that we're not the ones spreading, you know, misinformation or disinformation. And perhaps, perhaps most importantly, just be transparent about your sources. Is really yeah. it because when things happen this fast, 
you know, in such a, you know, spontaneous, rather tense, heated moment um, nationally, you know, I think just be transparent about where you heard it from, what article you read, where it came from. So if there's a bias, it's identifiable. Yeah. Transparent. If we're pushing out fake news unknowingly, at least our sources are out there. So our audience can even be like, you know, that's a biased source or whatever. I mean, you know, we're, we're raw about this. So I think we should be open to making mistakes simultaneously. Just, you know, it's like checking your math, like, yep. you know, just showing what your sources are. Um, before we leave, Ben did join. If you want to go to him and see if his audio works and everything. Um, and if yeah. you have any questions, because he joined a little bit late, so just to catch him up to speed and everything like that. Thank you, because one of the things is I can't always see. So that's the other thing, folks, uh, just a, mecha a mechanical thing. Um, two things. One is you can just say to me, like, hey, Ben just joined. Uh, you know, Chris, can we, get, we can do that. Or uh, you can also try reaching out. Um, I, I try and monitor the chat. So what you might do first is, is hit me in the chat and let me know, blah, blah, blah. But if I don't respond, it's probably I didn't see it. And then again, this is part of being rough around the edges to say, hey, you know, can I join, you know, blah, 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 whatever. I don't, I don't want to miss somebody because I can't be paying attention to everything all the time. Partly that's what Evan's there for, but Evan's doing a lot of things as well. So he may miss it. So, you know, you know worst case scenario, you just jump in and say, hey. Uh, so that said, Benjamin Scott Blake is now with us. Uh, ben, good to have you here. And why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Sorry, I was kind of taking today off, and uh, <laughs> there's no days off I, in the labor was, movement. You know that. Yeah, yeah. I was soaking in the tub when Alan called me. So, <laughs> so, well, so I will sorry tell you, for the appearance here. I will, I will tell you, I had a whole conversation with a top AFL CIO official this morning. I didn't even have my robe on. That's how early it was on in the morning. So. <laughs> You're doing you're doing better than I was, Ben. <laughs> yeah, well, I put 14 hours in total yesterday, uh, uh, leaving and coming back from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Did Samantha send you the photos on that? Not yet, no. But since uh, since you reminded me of that, why don't you just uh, tell folks a little bit about how you know what was that like? What were you doing, and what kind of response did you get? Okay, so. Uh, Maryland AFL-CIO is organizing teams to go up to Pennsylvania, has been for about the last four Saturdays, to do like literature door drops. We're not actually talking to people because of the virus, but uh, Lancaster, uh, really, I'd never been there before, really surprised me. Um, it's a little bit west of Philadelphia. It's mm -hmm. almost like a suburb of Philly, almost. And it turns out there's really good rail service there. So apparently it's become a bedroom community for Philly and New York City even. Yep. So it's booming. They have a college there, I think Millersville or something. So it's like a boom town. I was really surprised. Uh, but the good news is oh, it looks overwhelmingly for Biden. There was almost no yard signs for Trump. Uh, and so we went, um, we met at the Lancaster uh, Central Labor Council uh, um, their hall there. And basically there were, I think about eight of us from Maryland and we just fanned out in these various neighborhoods and we were dropping, um, these things on, uh, people's doors from the Mar uh, Pennsylvania AFL-CIO, basically last minute reminders, you know, any, if you needed help voting or, you know, make sure you got out, got out and voted. We were dropping them specifically to union members only. So it was a very targeted 
drops. And so, you know, uh, we basically, I went around, um, you know, there weren't a whole lot. We didn't really engage very much in people. Uh, because, well, we didn't really engage people. They didn't really engage us. You know, the pandemic, I think, has just got everybody, you know, freaked out, particularly with the increase. But it went well. I think Biden looks good. Last Saturday and the Saturday before, I was in York, Pennsylvania, kind of a different situation there. It's more 50-50 Biden, um, Trump. Uh, that's where the Harley Davidson plant is, uh, uh, you know, is. And uh, so a lot of the drops we were making were to members of the machinist union that worked at Harley Davidson. And what's really interesting is uh, the union members don't have yard signs or anything out. I, I didn't see a single union member that had a Biden sign out. Um, but I think a lot of that is like in York, it's intimidation. There were definitely, I saw militia people, you know, like I saw, saw a pickup truck with a three percenter uh, decal on it. You know, one of these black pickup trucks they like to favor. And uh, there was, you know, people driving around these big Trump flags and so forth. So York was a little different, but I still think it's probably 50-50. I think a lot of the union folks are going to turn out uh, for Biden. So I think overall Pennsylvania looks good. And uh, if you get a chance to do those door drops, I mean, next time there won't be a pandemic. It'll be a lot more fun because we can talk to people. But um, it was really, uh, it was really a good experience. Yeah, I've done I've done those, and it really, uh, for, for one thing, it's a great way to get exercise because you're definitely out there <laughs> walking around. That's why I'm dead today. <laughs> <laughs> but it also, you know, is is uh, it's a great way to really see, uh, you know, especially for folks like me that you know live in Metro DC to get out to, not to say that real Americans don't live in my neighborhood, but uh, a different America, let's say. Uh, yeah. So, it really is true. And it's so like we started a little Puerto Rican neighborhood and I was just surprised compared to say Baltimore or, you know, the big cities economically much better off. I mean, it's really interesting. And that city, I guess there's some refugee center there. So they get refugees from around the world that kind of come in and settle. And it's amazing. I mean, I saw, um, uh, Jamaica, uh, there was Vietnamese uh, names. I mean, it was a really great mix of people from around the world. All right. Thank you, Ben. That's Ben Blake. He's with the uh, the Meany Labor Archives at the University of Maryland, uh, not too far from me, in, uh, in College Park, Maryland. And I'm sure he will be back with us again. Um, so folks, uh, thanks to everybody um, on the team. This is looking great. Uh, those who are watching, we'd love to get feedback from you. And of course, we will be back uh, with our official uh, pod, our official streaming uh, tomorrow, Monday night, eight o'clock uh, until 11. And then as Evan said, um, we'll be really uh, doing a, a long one Tuesday night. Uh, and then um, I think however thing goes on Tuesday, we'll definitely do some streaming on Wednesday. There'll definitely be things to uh, report on. Uh, so that's going to do it for now. We will see you all tomorrow. Thanks so much for watching. Take care. And if you haven't voted yet, vote, vote, vote. All right, folks, take it easy.